This comes from the 24th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the 36th verse. Hear these words of Jesus. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Well, there's a common theme in the, uh, the Scripture from Romans that Michelle read in our Gospel reading today. There's a common theme of time. And more specifically even... I think God's telling us we need to use our time wisely. That text from Romans that Michelle read, make sure we don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all our day-to-day -day obligations that we lose track of time and doze off, oblivious to God. That's such a great illustration. How tired, how tired we often are. <laughs> and we kind of forget about it. God. The NLV translation says that we need an understanding of the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. If we think about it, time actually has been given to us by God to use. It's a, it's a gift from God. And if God has given us the gift of time and wants us to be wise using it, does that mean God wants us to be on time for our appointments, our meetings, make sure we're not late? Maybe it means that we make sure we get to church on time so we can get in our favorite pew. Is that really what Jesus means when he said, so you also must be ready? Jesus wanting us to be ready isn't about being ready for some future date, a time in the future when he returns. We're anxiously awaiting that, but that's not the time he's worried about. Jesus wants us to be ready now. That's what those illustrations he used 
We're meant to flesh out. Being ready isn't a future possibility, but recognizing the only part of time that we control, that we have control over is right here and right now. And time has many different aspects. I could preach for a half hour. There's a Greek word, chronos, and a Greek word, karyos. And chronos is chronological time that we set our watches time. And karos basically means in the right time. I think that's God's time. I don't think God worried about the watch on my hand. Sometimes people mistakenly think they have all the time in the world left. Not knowing that it's possible through an accident or a a health issue, a natural disaster, they could die tomorrow. Other times we feel discouraged or overly confident that that days, Lord, when Jesus returns at some point way in the future, I don't have to worry about that. And the truth is, Christians, we as a faith community have been looking for the end of the world when Jesus returns for century after century after century, and it still hasn't happened. We are called by God to be people of faith, to trust Him, to trust God's perfect will and His perfect time. Trusting in God, when we trust in God to handle the future, allows us to concentrate on the time we have right now, Today, as they say, you know, yesterday's gone and tomorrow can be a mystery. We don't know what the future actually holds. And if you've ever prayed for patience, just a warning, just uh, that's probably something you shouldn't pray for because God will challenge you to be patient. And it can be challenged to patiently and wait for God and God's time. But that challenge is something that God asks us to do. And so we must, with joy, with hope, and with love for one another, wait patiently. It also factors into doing what God asks when he asks us to do it. If we're so worried and preoccupied with tomorrow or a future event, we might miss out that nudge that God gives us. I have often sitting and someone, usually from the churches, they'll pop into my head. Is that God challenging me to call them, to pray for them? Maybe you're in line checking out and you feel a nudge that I I should say hello to that person. Later, we discover that nudge was actually the Holy Spirit steering us into a moment of time to be used for God's purposes. And if we look at Jesus and his ministry, he seemed to have almost perfect timing. He knew when to reveal things and when to hold stuff back. And that, his followers, those disciples, that made them stressed sometimes angry. They're being taught under Jesus, but they wanted to to know more. They wanted to see more. They wanted to experience more. They wanted to understand more. 
But Jesus steadfastly kept to God's timetable, even admitting, my time has not yet come. In fact, if you think about it, the great sense of timing was one of the keys in the ministry of Jesus. He knew when to step forward and lead. And he knew when it was time to slip away unnoticed. He knew, there, he knew there were times to fast. And there were times to feast like we had a few days ago at Thanksgiving. It's time to stuff ourselves. As he, he kept both fasting and feasting according to God's schedule. Jesus knew there were times we had to protect and conserve his own energies. He'd go off quietly in solitude and prayer. And there were times when he had to expend all his resources because of the crowds of needy people and his followers that were surrounding him. God, God calls on all of us. I think what these scriptures today are saying is, is to read the signs of the time. And to know, know these times. I always, I love to relate. You know, each one of us is here today because God has placed us in this time setting. I often think I would have liked to live in an earlier time. Maybe we think about a, a future time when it will be better. But God has us all here for this time, and we know this time is God's time, and it's perfect. And when we acknowledge that time is a gift from God, we're better able to inhabit this time we have, this space of time that we have today. Jesus' sense of timing was Near perfect, yet it's only worthy of second place. God the Father, our opening words of our text, reveals that only God the Father knows the ultimate timetable laying behind the movements of the universe. It was God who orchestrated the Messiah to be born, that humble birth to seemingly insignificant parents. In an unremarkable tiny village, located in a foreign occupied, agriculturally barren, politically incorrect country during a pre technological, technological, and indeed barely civilized point of history. Yet that's when God said, This is the perfect time for the Messiah to come. It was a divine plan, it was the perfect time, the perfect place in perfect circumstances. It's God's sense of timing that led Jesus for 30 years to prepare him to minister for three. It's God's sense of timing that always kept Jesus moving, putting him in the midst of people instead of requiring the people to come to him. Jesus was always going to the people. Maybe that's one thing we can learn in our time that maybe it's time for us to become more like Jesus and go into the midst of people through our ministries instead of requiring people to come to our church. Maybe it's time for us to try to become more like Jesus just by taking advantage of the time we have. In Jesus' words to his disciples in today's text, they urge them not to worry about God's sense of timing but to just be concerned with their own state of readiness. Are you ready? Keep watch. Stay awake. 
Be prepared. That's what Jesus is counseling to us, to those disciples and to us. Not worry, concern or fret about what we really don't have a lot of control, if any, over. Jesus calls us to be on time. God's time. The one, the on-time man working in the field. The on-time woman grinding the grain at the mill. They look just like their unprepared counterparts. They were just busy laboring in their daily tasks. Apparently they're focused on what they were doing. But they had a connection to the Messiah. And when the Messiah called, they recognized his voice. They received the message and gladly took that invitation to be on time. Us as Christians today, it doesn't rely on that pricey Apple phone or Android phone. We don't need a special technology to be on time. No special cell phone, no matter how many alarms, and I've set my calendar but the cells that must keep us attuned to Christ's frequency are the cells in our body. If our bodies can become receivers, open to the vibrations of the Spirit, if our souls can amplify the signals that God is sending us, they can be reflected out, they can be transmitted out to the people we connect with each day then we are being Christians who are, very, are living very timely lives. So the question becomes, how can we better tune ourselves, our bodies, to better receive the calling of the Spirit? What if we look at time, the time we get, we're given each day as being sacred? It's given by God and each day gives us 24 hours. There's 60 minutes in an hour. So if you do the math, that comes to 1,400 minutes a day. How many minutes each day do you spend preparing yourself, as Jesus says, to understand the present time? We can commune with God at any time and we should seek God daily. And if we are people with healthy spiritual lives, let us find that time of day, even times of year, when we can be most receptive to God. The, the church calendar, the Advent and Christmas season, sometimes we feel drawn closer to God. Lent and Easter season. Every first Sunday we have communion at the Lord's table. Sometimes that connects us and sets us in motion and aligned with God's timing. Our challenge is to set our own concept of time aside. We're often ruled by these chronos, the time on our watches and our phones. But not to worry about will we have enough time, but rather to trust in the Lord. Knowing all things work together for his good. And align ourselves with prioritizing God's time and God's will, most importantly. These are little bottles of oil. It's just olive oil. It's a way of anointing. Uh, when you get home, put this somewhere you won't forget it. 
Don't do what I do and put something in the bag and then you pull it out a few days later and say, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Anointing with oil has long been a sacred sign of holiness. We, we sometimes anoint people when they're baptized, after the baptism. You know, we anoint people for healing. Christ actually means anointed one. The Christ is reflected in and through all things, including sacred time. Thank you, Dave. When you get home, put this vial somewhere. And this week, I invite you to just take a little bit of oil and touch it to your forehead. I like to make a cross. Some people just touch the back of their hands. Something that just reminds you that this time is sacred. I'm setting this time aside for God. This is going to be my holy time to remind me. If you keep that on your, your hand or your forehead, you'll have reminders throughout the day. And everyone's different. You choose the time when you feel most connected, as we did in the beginning. I, I said reflect upon a time of day where you feel the most connected. Sunrise, sunset, lunch. Maybe when you read devotions, if you read your Bible. Maybe it's will be in your car before you head home on your commute from work or maybe with family just before bedtime. The way you set it aside is up to you. But repeating the same time frame daily helps us build a habit, establish a rhythm. I know when I have special time when I do my devotional reading, and if I skip it, I'll just do it later. Nine times out of ten, I don't do it later. Anointing is a physical way to help us remember that we are one with Christ, the anointed. We're one with each other and one with all of creation. So let us, in real time, seek God at minimum in the most conductive hours of our days and the times of our lives. After all, God chose us to live in this time. God wants all of us to be on time. God's time. Let me just close with a few words of Jesus where he said, keep watch and be ready. Amen. Amen.